Hello, mates. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 in Irvine. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. This is Carrie Rhodes, your host of the Parenting Hour at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This evening, I'm joined by Daniel Pewter, visionary founder and CEO and CEO of Transformational Technologies, My Life, My Power, and International Red Ribbon Movement. Daniel is an undefeated MMA fighter and WWE's $1 million Tough Enough champion and MLMP's heavyweight tag team champion of the world. Daniel is an advocate for public education, and he believes that his purpose in life is to inspire youth of all ages to lead significant and purpose-driven lives. He is an author, professional speaker, and professional athlete, all of which play a key role in his unique approach to working alongside youth, parents, educators, community members, and business leaders in order to provide long-term and sustainable results within our schools and communities. He travels around the world leading school assemblies, workshops, training seminars, and keynote speaking presentations that focus on providing adults with the tools and resources needed to be effective mentors to their students and their own children. He currently serves as the executive director of his 501c3 nonprofit that he founded in 2010 called My Life, My Power, which provides an evidence-based curriculum to schools and after-school programs who have a desire to impact and transform their students' lives through mentoring. After much success, Daniel decided to use his celebrity title in a way that could truly make a difference for children and teenagers who themselves are facing challenges, not just bullying. Thus, My Life, My Power began, and since then, Daniel has made it his life's mission to build the next generation of mentors that can impact millions of children and teenagers. Daniel is also the CEO and CEO of the International Red Ribbon Movement, IRRM, which was founded in 2015 and is evidence-based for youth K-12. through Unlike other campaigns which take place over the course of a week and urge students to say no to drugs, IRRM takes a more proactive and preventative approach to helping youth stay committed to being drug-free by helping them to discover their mission, vision, and purpose in life over the course of the entire year. Because of Daniel's dedication to youth, he has received numerous awards such as Humanitarian of the Year Award for the Golden Badge Foundation, Honorary Service Award for the California Parent Teacher Association, and he was sworn into the United States Marine Corps League in 2015. Daniel, I am so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I, I love, you know, it's so funny that we have so much success, right? You have success with a show and everything yeah. you do, but it's all about significance. How, how are we going to take that success and turn it into significance and make an impact on other people's lives? I love that. And I, I really loved your story. So why don't you share a little bit about your background and then how you brought this program to life? Yeah, so in 2010, I was pro wrestling about to leave for a show in Japan, uh, 18-day tour. And I got on TMZ because somebody on Facebook asked me what I thought about kids committing suicide from being bullied. And I got on, uh, Facebook said something, then got on TMZ, and, and I said, it's ridiculous. Here's my email address. I'll come to your school if you're being bullied. 
I didn't understand that over the next eight weeks, I'd get over 10,000 emails from 12 different countries. Wow. And they were from parents, they were from kids, and then the, the surprise to me was the adults. So older people that were 60, 70 years old said, I wish you around when I was a kid in school so you could protect me. Wow, 60, 70 years old. So a lot, I mean, 10,000 emails, they just kept coming, and we couldn't, we, we didn't know what to do with them. We, we couldn't keep up with it. And that was only being on TV for eight weeks. So we, we really started looking at what was the foundation and how were we going to solve this. So I, I wasn't worried about going out and speaking and, and, and just you know helping uh, 100,000 kids. I want it in, in my lifetime. My goal is to be able to have our curriculum programming and change the culture and mindset and belief system of the whole entire country. That's amazing. It's amazing goal. And if anybody ever says, oh, well, people get over bullying, you know, probably by the time you're in your 20s, to have somebody call you at 60 or 70 years old and say, I wish you would have been there for me. Bullying has life lasting impacts. And I know you experienced that. Maybe if you could talk to our audience about that. Yeah. When I was a kid, they labeled me as learned disabled. And <laughs> the, 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 the great part is, is, you know, when you're in special ed classes, you get to have more time with the teachers to help you. Now, it, those teachers would have, you know, I mean, they, they would have just spent more time anyway, just because I was just challenged with my comprehension. And so giving, giving me more time helped me get there, but it, it wasn't, I didn't understand my learning style. Teach me um, how to learn. I mean, they taught me math, science, English, history, but they actually didn't teach me that you're a kinesthetic and visual learner. And so I didn't understand that until probably probably about five, seven years ago, you know, when I was, you know, late 20s and somebody brought it up. And so two of the things we do a lot of the time just to get uh, teachers understand their kids is uh, number one, love languages, how the kids accept love. And it's easy. You go to fivelovelanguages.com. It's not even my company, but I plug it all the time. And the second one is, is go to and learn your kids' learning styles. Very simple, but then you understand how to connect or when you put them in groups to do projects, you understand how they learn, but you can teach them how to learn. And that's the biggest thing is, it's not just saying you have a learning disability, sit down and do this, do this, just spend time doing it. We have to, we have to go after our kids' talents and passions at the same time. Right. And so my mom was a public school teacher and I was blessed to be able to have her because she spent more time with me. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of parents don't do that. They, they don't know how to teach their kids. And so right. I was just very blessed to be able to have both my parents spend a lot of time with me. That's really fantastic. Um, I appreciate that you shared that story because I had a child that had dyslexia. And very early on, the teachers would say, you know what, just use more flashcards. And I thought, well, now if my numbers are backwards, how's more flashcards going to help me? That's so frustrating for somebody. And of course, they're well-intentioned. They just want to try to get them caught up in the classroom. But it wasn't about that. It was really learning what was the style of, of my child and how can I help them best learn. And so I really appreciate you bring that to the table because so often we think that these one-off approaches are going to work for kids and they don't. And kids are inspired and they learn in different ways. So uh, I love your curriculum. I went through your whole entire website. Can you tell our audience your website that they can go to and learn more about it? Yeah, mylifemypower.org. Right. Uh, we, have, we have curriculum. It's evidence-based. We have uh, trainings. We, we work with different teachers unions, different charter schools. It's all about the kids. Uh, I mean, we have we work with different senators, Republican, Democrat, you name it. It doesn't matter. Whoever is for the kids, I am for. You're there. I love to support them as, as they support us. 
Right. Talk to us then about the different programs you have and how they've evolved over the years and, and where are you at now with your different types of curriculum offerings? Yeah, so so we started off with uh, GPS for Life is what our program is called. And it's very self-explanatory. Um, how do you get from where you're at to where you want to go in life? Right. And then we added on about two years ago the International Red Ribbon Curriculum. Okay. We were finding a lot of schools didn't have, with the GPS for Life, we have 20 units. And okay. so it takes about 20 to 30 hours total. We like them to do it once a week in, in before school or after school or um, at, at a elective period or, you know, homeroom. But we were finding that a lot of schools were very just challenged with the time. Um, and so we created this International Red Ribbon Movement. And it was based upon the Red Ribbon Week, um, where it's five units. It's vision, purpose, mission, team, and commitment. I love that because it's not really, as we've talked off the air, it's not just telling kids to say no to drugs because there's going to be a lot of things in life that you're going to have to say no to. And what it really comes down to is core value. And you have another way that you really like to look at that if you wanted to share with us about that, just this idea of being purpose driven. Yeah, I, I always look at three main things. It's vision, purpose and intention. Okay. So vision is where you're going to go um, and, and what you're going to create for your life. Purpose is, is uh, why uh, I had a. 10-year-old kid that was stealing cell phones at the, uh, and got two felonies by 10 in South Florida. And so I showed up to the judge's office and there was everybody there from the school district and the police department. And, and I, I just asked the question, do you guys know why he's stealing cell phones? Right. Because if we're just looking at the action, but we're not looking at the root of what's going on, we're never going to solve the problem. And so come to find out this kid was stealing cell phones because his mother would beat him if he didn't steal them and pay for rent. Oh, wow. Or I was just at another school where they had their behavior um, uh, plan for the year, and it had one to nine. Nine was expulsion. One was, you know, uh, you know, just talking to the kid. Wow. And so I said, why don't you just add on ten and eleven? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, what are those? And I said, jail and death. Right. Because if you're not figuring it out by nine, then we have a problem. Right. Like we have to understand what's going on with our kids. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing our job as leaders in education and mentors and people that are really committed to our kids. So to understand them, what do we have to understand? We have to understand their vision for their life. Mm -hmm. And that's not telling them what to do and what not to do. Right. So many adults tell people what to think and what not to think. And I'm like, so when are we going to stop doing that? Because we right. have to get our kids to become resourceful. As we, you know, so many business owners that I see, they're like, these kids coming up, they don't know anything. They don't know how to do anything. And so number two is, is purpose. Why are you going to do it? You know, at the end of the day, this, this kid was doing it because his, his mother was threatening him. But when I went to his classroom, some of the other kids in the classroom wanted to be pro athletes and own businesses. And they did it because they wanted to make money and be famous. And mm -hmm. I, I went one level deeper. And most people that I've seen, they would say, no, that's not what you want. And so it's mm -hmm. how do we figure out the purpose? And I said, what would you spend your money on? What's the first thing? And they said, my, this one kid said, I'd buy my mother a mansion. Hmm. So if we understand their purpose is to serve, right. which is ever, every, everybody's purpose at the end of the day, it's to mm -hmm. love and serve somebody else and be loved. Right. Then we go into the intention part is, is when we show up every single day to class with our relationships, with our mm -hmm. friends, our family, or whatever that is, our job, is our intention just to goof off? Or is our intention to be able to make the organization or learn or whatever that is? Um, you know, how, how are we going to listen to understand so that we can intently become a better group in society and community and culture? 
I so appreciate that. For those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to The Parenting Hour. I'm your host, Carrie Rhodes, and I'm joined today by Daniel Pewter, a visionary starter of the My Life, My Power program. I really encourage you to check it out. He's doing a lot of amazing uh, work with his organization and youth and really just empowering youth to understand what their vision and purpose is in life. One thing that you mentioned that I really appreciate in your programs is it looks like they're scaffolding. So when I went on your site and was looking at your program, do, are you starting at a cer- certain age and your programs continue up the ages? Is that really what your strategy is and that's how you're focusing your business model? Yeah, exactly. So, so the business, the, just not the business model, but I see the model of of society is. It, it, let's just go back to when I was a pro athlete or an mm-hmm. amateur athlete. I started right. wrestling at twelve. Okay. And my coach was Mr. Lee at, uh, at at my school, and he was such an amazing coach. And I started young. Now, if I would have started at four or five, just basically, which I did other sports, but if I would have started that sport with a very good coach like Mr. Lee. Now, Mr. Lee, was he, he had a few moves that he did very well. So he wasn't super technical, right. but he was good at what he knew. And so I started off with a good foundation of a great coach. Okay. Then my second coach in high school was Matt Erdman, who was my youth pastor in my church, and he just blew us out of the water. He wasn't very technical again, but he knew his specific moves that he wanted us to do, and he pushed us harder than you could imagine physically. Mm-hmm. Now great coaches and then I went to Frank Shamrock who's a five-time UFC champ so if I so I believe that everything is is time that you put into it it's that commitment and Mm -hmm. it's the team that you build around yourself and so when you commit to something at an earlier age we start our kids off at at Mm pre-k and so we have very simple activities for them to start understanding vision purpose mission team and commitment and so when we start them off young a lot of parents like oh my kid doesn't need that I'm like oh really Okay, well, we'll see what happens in five, seven years because, you know, it's like it's like voting. Right. Everybody starts talking to kids at 18 to vote, and then they start voting at 25 to 30. Mm-hmm. Well, now a lot of schools are getting kids to start, you know, talking about voting maybe in fourth, fifth grade, and they do school votes and stuff like that for po- political stuff because they they understand that if they start earlier, it'll be in their mindset and their and their just habit to go vote. Right. be a part of the system. Well, I, I appreciate that you're starting this in this pre-K age because we know that by the time they're hitting junior high and high school, we have all these tragedies happening, right? Sandy Hook, things of this nature. And so what's most important for kids in order to understand their mission, vision, and purpose perhaps is a, a social-emotional literacy, right? This awareness of how do I feel? How do I define that? How do I connect that to my behaviors? And then how do I I take that back and really make different choices and get the skills to make different choices to really achieve those goals? And so give us some examples of what are some of the things that you're doing at that pre-K age? So really the social emotional stuff is very interesting um, because at the end of the day, you can change. um, Like if somebody, somebody cuts you off in your car, you can either yell at them and get angry or you can look at it and you can you can un, try to understand well maybe they're going to the hospital because their mother is de- is dying on their deathbed. Right. So we don't we don't look to understand or we don't listen to understand right. in this culture as much as we should. So at a very young age we get to them them to do stuff that connects their their eyes with their hands and it's very hands on their 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 crafts. So we get them to draw, we get them to say what they want to be, mm-hmm. which is dreaming, you know, starting to create that dream for them. Right. Now they have no clue, right? I mean, right. when you're in kindergarten, first, second grade, you look at, you know what's on TV mm-hmm. and you know what's in a four block radius of your house. 
And so a lot of kids just don't know what they don't know. And I mean, a lot of adults, too. It's the biggest thing. <laughs> right. We don't know what we don't know, right? We just don't know. <laughs> so so it's, it's just it's crazy to be able to look at um, what kids come up with. And, they're, you know, we did a project with Buffalo United Charter School uh, two years ago in, in New York. And the kids were like, I want to be a princess. And I'm like, yes, princess. Mm-hmm. So there are princesses in this in this world. You just marry a king, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess it's a prince. Right, but you're being accepting. It's whatever, see, the idea is that you're getting them open and you're getting them dreaming and whatever's out there is possible, mm-hmm. right? And that's the message you're sending, which is so powerful to kids. And you come in with your background and say, look, I had this dedication and it wasn't that I just dreamed. I eventually, I turned that into a plan, right? And so when they start out young, they're dreaming. And then now you're going to have these programs that help them turn it into a plan. So what does that next age group look like? So, so I had a kid in uh, North Hollywood here in Southern California. And the kid was in over 50 homes. He was a busker. And uh, about a month before this, I showed up and very angry child um, and, and just an amazing, like, person like I saw I saw who he really was I showed up a month later and we started talking um, it, it, the challenge was is that he pushed the security guard that morning mm. um, because his ride from the foster home didn't give him uh, a ride on time and his commitment to me the month before was that he would show up to school every day on time and get his homework in mm. and so I showed up with Chipotle randomly the day that he walked to school was drenched head to toe and was in the principal's office after pushed the security guard because he was angry and I said, I just sat down with him. I said, started talking to him. How's he doing? And, and this mm-hmm. and that. And I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he goes, I want to rap for Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. And I go, hmm, okay. I go, so let me ask you a question. Um, if your daughter, when you have a daughter someday, uh, were to get hit by her boyfriend, how would you feel? And he goes, I would, ki-, you know, and he went off about what he would do. Yeah. Not his feeling. And so we want to get them grounded a little bit to think about how they would feel. We want them to feel. Right. And when they feel, um, it's it's their mindset going to their belief system, and their belief system is built upon their past experiences. And a lot of people will get angry or hurt if somebody hurts somebody that they love. Right. And so he said, I would be angry, or I would be hurt. He, he mentioned a few different things. I said, okay, so why would you want to work for a guy that beat his ex-girlfriend, Rihanna? Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, and he goes, well, who else can I work for? Because he understood the value of of uh, uh, and and, I'm, and I started working towards his purpose. You know, I understand that you wanna that you wanna do this, but who do you wanna mm-hmm. do it for? And who do you wanna do it with? And and what kind of team members do you wanna build around you? Right. And so what we do is we encourage them on what their dreams are, mm-hmm. because when you shut a kid's dream off, then they stop dreaming. Right. And as you see, a lot of adults they stop dreaming. They stop right. seeing that potential and that that just that vibrant like like love and joy in right. life. Right. And so we want to keep that alive. We do keep that alive. What we do is is we just support them where they're at, but we ask them questions. And people can Google it. It's called motivational interviewing. or Love that. Yep. Real simple. Uh, psychologists, counselors, therapists, you know, we just coach people. And yep. It's so- the same thing I use in my work when I work with youth or I do speaking. And it's, it's a lot of, it, because if you ask questions, here's the deal. People have the answer. But they're going to arrive at it in different times. And you have to motivate them to get there sometimes. Because... In order to change, right, whatever you're experiencing now has to be more painful, and whatever this goal is here has to be more pleasuring, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a huge mind shift to help people, and so that questioning, it does that for people. And pleasure, pain, you can instantly change it. So you can be going through, you're, you're guaranteed two things in life that I look at. Number one is death, and number two are challenges. That's exactly it. So as a pro athlete, 
I used to get hit in the face for a living. <laughs> right. And, and, and it hurt, you know? And so you can change that mindset after a while of like, okay, I get to get hit in the face for a living so that I can become the best in this sport or I get to do whatever. And what it did was it set my foundation of my commitment of how I show up, when I show up, and, and how I perform, mm -hmm. whether with speaking or training or traveling or whatever it is. This is what I do now is so much easier. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily so much easier, but physically so much easier than what I used to do. <laughs> so I could be sick and exhausted and tired and still show up and have an awesome day. Right. Because I love to push myself to the point where, where, and my, my purpose really drives everything at the end of the day. Right. What is your, what is your hope then? I hear you saying you want to change this whole nation. So how are you getting this program into schools? How are you getting it out there? What's what's the strategy right now? Mm -hmm. So we have three presidential appointees, mm -hmm. um, uh, just three amazing guys. One of them, Henry Lozano. Uh, one of them, uh, Rick Clay. William Chatfield. There we go. Thank you. And so we have three of those. Then what we do is we have um, Robert Clark, who just retired from the FBI, FBI. Okay. Uh, out of Los Angeles. He's the second in command. He's the ASAC, Assistant Special Agent in Charge. And then we have... Um, uh, like Ed Massey, who's one of our advocates. He's the past president of the National School Board Association. Uh, so we have amazing people that are um, Chuck Saylor. He was, he was the first president of national PTA, the first male president of national PTA. That's right. So we have amazing people that are coming on board that see the value in what we're doing, that understand that if we do not change something, that their kids and their grandkids will suffer the most suffering time in world history because of how our culture is going. And so it, it's those partnerships. And, and so we're, I was just in Frankfurt, uh, Kentucky, um, and this last week, and I was in Boone. I was, was speaking at KSU because we have our university course now. So we have a three credit um, course, which I'd love to have here actually on campus. That'd be fantastic. That'd be, That'd be awesome. great. That'd be fun, yeah. So we're, we're just, we're, we're putting the right partnerships together. Mm-hmm. It's really, we start off with the K-12 and understood the market on how do we change the mindset and then how do we teach the teachers, educators, and the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the staff, the counselors, the principals, and then the law enforcement are part of that. Mm -hmm. And then the second part was, well, when we, when we got some evidence base there, then the university looked at us and we got it as a university course. And now we jumped into the corporate world because mm. if, if uh, for economic development, that, that's going to be our real third step. We start off with anti-bullying, drugs, gangs, all that stuff. But... Uh, those were the topics, and then we changed to mentorship, then we went to transformational mentorship, and the, the next step is we're going to add on a component for economic development. There you go. Because uh, next week I'll be in Dallas, and I'll be working with, uh, or in two weeks, um, with some guys down in Brownsville that want to do economic development. Mm -hmm. And if their kids from K-12 to and college are vision, purpose, and intention driven and showing up and want to work hard, what company is going to not want to bring more uh, uh, businesses right. into that city? So we're working very hard with specific cities and centers and reps and mayors. And I'll be in Buckeye working uh, with the mayor on a project next week in Buckeye. He's an amazing guy uh, with the police chiefs and with the superintendent. Um, it's the Senator Don Shooter, uh, Senator Smith. So we're just partnering with amazing people that see it and that understand it. And what's great is it costs way less right. than to put people in jail. What about the fact that you put somebody in jail, now we have a loss of human potential? Yeah. What are they going to do? I was in Sheriff Papayo's prison in Arizona with 15 kids that committed murder or rape. Wow. And they were 13 to 17. Yeah. 
they all wanted to be somebody. They wanted to be an auto mechanic, a landscaper, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they got lost and 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 they they uh, they went off the the wrong way. And now they're going to be inmates. And now they're going to be inmates for the next ten to twenty years. Yeah. And so we lost so much time, and we're losing mm-hmm. so much money than just helping them figure it out at a younger age. Right. Well, I really think you're doing incredible work, and I know we're about out of time here, but. Quickly, I wanted to mention the fact that it is a Red Ribbon Week, Drug Free America, and you're doing this work with uh, Henry Lozano, uh, director of the LA County Teen Challenge and Urban Ministries Initiative. Do you want to talk about that to our audience? Yeah, so Henry Lozano uh, started the uh, Red Ribbon Week uh, 31 years ago yeah. when with Congressman Duncan Sr., and they did an amazing job, and about uh, four years ago, we saw what we were doing. His um, niece is uh, one of the board members of My Life, My Power, and she's a co-founder of the International Red Ribbon Week with us. And so uh, he came to us about two, we sat down two years ago. I kept kind of pushing because he's a presidential appointee, kind of big, big deal, you know? Yeah. And I said, I, I really want to do something with you. I don't know what it looks like, but it's with Red Ribbon. Let's create a new outlook. Instead of telling kids what not to do, because when you do that, what are the kids supposed to do? No, of course, they're going to want to do it, right? And they're going to want to do it when you say don't do it. And do they have the skills to not do it? Because I think kids want to do well. If they have the skills to do it, they're going to do it. And we got to give them those skills. And that's what you're doing with this initiative. Totally. And, and where's their value? If they're going having to go out and do drugs, where's their value, purpose, self-esteem? You know, I mean, we have to look at the inner and help them create it. And so when they feel like they're good at something, when they're moving forward, they're, it's all interpretation. So when we show them how to interpret it with their life and what they really want, it's very, it's not easy, but it's simple. It's simple steps that we go and we work with parents, we work with. So we, we launched International Red Ribbon Movement, uh, eight states this last year. We had, we had so many people a part of it, amazing judges, senators, FBI, you name it, local law enforcement. It smashed. It was great. And uh, we're rolling out more schools with our five-day curriculum and just, just changing lives. Well, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it, you have such an amazing story. I mean, here you went from, you know, an undefeated MMA fighter to this really visionary philanthropic person that's out here doing things for kids and making a difference in lives. And you really have this curriculum to back it up. And I think it's it's amazing. So I've been really glad to have you on show today and everything that you're doing. So keep us posted. Come back again if you're in, in here and you're on the campus and maybe you'll be bringing this to UC Irvine. I would right? love to. That'd be amazing. It'd be fantastic. Well, thank you. So those of you that just tuned in, we had Daniel Pewter join us today. He is the undefeated MMA fighter and WWE's Million Dollar Tough Enough champion. And he is the visionary founder of My Life, My Power. It's a 501c3 organization committed to creating a culture of change for children in K-12, university, and of course now he's expanding. And what we'd like you to do is please go to his website, go to mylifemypower.org and see if this is something uh, that you want to learn more about. So thank you again for joining us, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? This is Josh. And Kurt. And we are Flostradamus. And right now you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Let's turn up. <laughs>